from our soundstage and auditory office to your hearts and ears across the globe. The following has been crafted with care for your listening ears. Today's episode of 54 Lights is one that I am very, very excited about. Um, I'm excited about all of the shows, but this one in particular, because my next guest, Yodit Siyum, is from, um, hails from the great country of Ethiopia, which is the uh, place where I was born. I was born in Addis Ababa. And so this is a particularly acutely special episode for me personally. Yodit, thank you for being on the show. Welcome to 54 Lights. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure and an honor to be here among my fellow uh, Africans that have been already you know, on the show. So, thank you. For sure, for sure. Uh, listen, Yodit, and I am, am I, I'm just, just to make sure I get off on the right foot, am I pronouncing your name correctly? Just to... I'm actually surprised that you are pronouncing my name and my last name correctly, so... <laughs> <laughs> well, you still got that little bit of you know Ethiopian in you, so uh, yeah, maybe yeah. It's still it's still in there. It's deep deep down deep down. Uh, yeah. um, well, listen, you know, I, I think well, you you just gave me something good, uh, a, a little bit of uh, of kudos, but I'm, you're going to take that away very fast because I'm going to tell you something that I was so I was embarrassed and excited about the 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 chance to speak with you today. So I was embarrassed because I realized um, that in my first couple of seasons, I would ask all my guests, what does your name mean? What does your name mean? Where is it from? You know, all of those details about going down um, to the roots of a culture in particular. And then I realized with Yodit, I'm like, oh, even though I'm, you know, uh, born in Ethiopia, not necessarily from it, but born in Ethiopia, I didn't know what that meant, if anything. So um, I kind of poked around and asked some of some people in my network and they they didn't necessarily come back with the right answers I don't think so I'm gonna ask you a question which I haven't asked in a long time but Yodit is your does your name mean something uh particular and what what tongue would it uh, does that come from uh, my name is uh a spark of a conversation everywhere I go here and then in Ethiopia as well, because it does have a very, you know, uh, I would say sweet, better <laughs> meaning, better meaning. So um, going back to the meaning of the name, Yodit, um, if you look it up, uh, it goes back to Hebrew. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the same thing as Judith, but in uh-huh. Hebrew... If you go like if you look the original word for Judith or Yodi is Yehudit, so um, it has a Hebrew origin as well, um, and it actually means in Ethiopian it means beautiful. I recently found out that the word actually means beautiful, but what stands out the most popular in Ethiopia. When you say the name Yodit is immediately it's Yodit Gudit. So Yodit Gudit is um uh she was a queen back in I don't know to be exact, but around the fourth century BC, but she was the one who in who brought the um Aksum dynasty to an end. She was a queen, a Hebrew queen in, in Ethiopian Hebrew, because we have Ethiopian uh, Jewish. Um, still to this day. So she's from from that society. Um, And she kind of have this uh, fierce story where she 
goes back and destroys the church and and breaks down the civilization literally. And and she did that to get back on the church, which um, I kind of believe that they did do some horrific things to her, like yeah, cutting off her breast. I'm not sure. I do not know exactly. So, but she is known for that. So when you say my name is Yuri, oh, you're the fear. Like it's like Yuri the fierce kind of, oh, so, okay. or the fire or something <laughs> like that. So Yuri's goodies is something that comes after that, but. It's um my when my mom gave me the name, she knew that the meaning of it, but she literally went for the like sound of it. Like she liked how Yuri sounded. And my dad had a different name in mind, but then when she went to register my name, like you know, my vitals, she just gave the name. So she went behind my back to give me the name. <laughs> my, my dad's back. My deep, my deep dad's back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh sneaky sneaky uh that's that's great well listen it sounds like you've got like there's a lot of uh of layers to your day which is fantastic it's it, it, it i mean it's it's beautiful always to understand where people's names come from where, where and it's it sort of it, it's interesting because it places people um i like to say it's more of a reflection of where your parents were than where you are or should become and manifest. However, I've always I've always wondered, like when when you um, when you go to Ethiopia and when you're in, I think you're in Washington right now, right in the U.S. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, when you're in Washington, you say there's a lot of people that ask you about your name. So, like, what does your name represent to you? Does it represent your uh, your culture? Does it represent you know Yodit the fierce? Does it represent Yodit the beautiful? Or have you decided like I'm just I, you know what what is your where does your name fall in terms of importance for you and and how people see you? Um, I think my name falls to my origin and being in Ethiopia, and I always tie to that and. Um, I always tell the story of it, like the queen and how it relates um, to the, like, you know, the Hebrew name, but in the Judith, which is really popular here. For me personally, I take it as upon being an Ethiopian uh, origin and um, having that identity. Amazing. Amazing. And you know what? It's funny. Um, it, it really feels that now that when you're saying that Judith, I'm remembering how um, a lot of people, at least in, in Canada, that I, the circles that I was in, so I'm, I don't want to cast a, a stereotypical um, um, tone to everybody in Canada, but the people that I, I knew had no idea that there was a, a, a big Ethiopian Jewish community, that there was this, you know, that there was this connection from like, obviously from a religious perspective um, to the, with, between those two, uh, uh, two cultures. And so your name sort of brings that out and almost forces a dialogue on that. So I love, I love that, uh, that educational twist, if you will, that can only come from understanding about um, your name and diving a little bit deeper. So thank you for, for jumping into the personal on that. I appreciate it. I would love for you that for for my audience and for myself, tell us um, what do you do uh, for life? What what do you do for life, and what do you do for motivation? Um, I would say I have a very diverse background, um, and mm-hmm. <laughs> and still learning things uh, as I go. And I see myself as a never ending or stopping learner of all things. Um, um, but going back to 
to college um, in Ethiopia, um, and I studied architecture, uh, five-year degree architecture, um, bachelor's degree, and that actually I got into architecture because number one I was kind of being really fierce, <laughs> like my name is, and then the second one I was really passionate to learn about like what designing houses or buildings would be like. Um, and when I was trying to, you know, I, when you go to college or university, you have an option to pick um, what you want to study if you have a good grade. So I did have the group. So I was picking, uh, you know, what I want to study after a year um, into the program. And a friend of mine that was doing it with me, he said, you know, architecture might be a little bit too hard for you, so maybe uh, civil engineering. And that's always been the, you know, the thought that I would be studying civil engineering. But then when he said that, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go straight for architecture and we're going to see how it goes because you can't tell me I can't do it. So I got <laughs> That's the fear. That's the fear. Yes. So, so yes, I, when I first started the architecture program, everybody in the program was, you know, they all, they all had like that artistic background and um, some level of exposure, at least it seemed like it. So um, I really had a lot of struggle with self-doubt, like for a couple of months, yeah. like everybody knows what they're doing. I'm the only one here that doesn't know how to like draw or anything. So, but then, the way I understand things is more, um, I would say, logically. So I, I try to approach it in a logical way. How, like, what is the design process and understanding that to really come up with a way that works for me. Um, so I studied architecture and really went through the problem. And one thing that I don't do is quit. So I, <laughs> I did not quit. So um, when I graduated i did graduate like with the really good grades and really the top of my class i think if i remember clearly so wow. um uh yes i i came to the u.s oh, three hold months on after. one second okay so one second did did you go back to your friend who said that you should go into engineering and say look, I, look i'm, oh, no, I'm top yeah. of my class <laughs> oh, no, we were together uh, um yeah we were like really together the whole time. So okay, all right. Um, so he he could see. He, he yeah, could see. he knew. He knew. <laughs> uh, yeah, he shouldn't have said that. So that's my motivation. Don't tell me that I can do something. Tell me that I can't. <laughs> <laughs> that's how to push the button. I got it. Okay, okay. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, and so right after graduating, three months after graduating, we moved here. Um, we came here. Uh, with my sister and my dad and my dad left back and my sister and I stayed here. Um, and then it's a long story, but I got, I got into this online program, which uh, really suited my, you know, my need for like, you know, a master's program. Mm -hmm. Before that, I actually was looking into interior design, study interior design and um, I went all the way to um, Savannah, to Georgia, to look at SCAD. 
and see what programs they have. And I was really inspired, but then I started to look into more interior design and it was more focused on, you know, just that, um, I would say more uh, high class. And yeah. There is not that service or more meaning to it that I, that I always looked into getting into mm-hmm. uh, or was mm-hmm. a passion of mine. So I decided to look for another program and then I came across the sustainable design program, which I didn't know would, um, I didn't know that that program actually would be big enough to be studied as a master. So when I came across yeah. it, um, I was like, oh, I'm going to go for this. And it was an online program, but it was very engaged. And I had really good um, uh, advisors throughout the program. And that really changed the like the course of how I look at things from my professional to personal life. Yeah. So, um Sustainable design does not did not just like last within that class or program of like designing buildings or making sure that the buildings are you know uh, sustainable themselves, energy uh, efficient, water efficient, um, and also good for the community, good for the environment, and uh, involving the community in the design process and all of that and making making sure that those things are equitable to all people. Yeah. So that outlook, you can literally take everywhere to every part of your life or uh, every part of businesses. And which is why we're seeing this, uh, you know, uh, momentum towards sustainability in every like business. So um, that was, that was how I got involved with the sustainability. You know, sustainability is is almost on vogue now, right? It's like, oh yeah, the environment. And part of that is just because of all of the, the the horrible things that are going on in the world. You know, there's obviously social issues that are need to be unpacked, but environmental issues are are really becoming more prevalent and really cropping up more. There's flooding, there's uh, um, 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 storms, there's you know, there's heating, and it's all of these things are sort of coming together in a in a bit of a crisis moment for us. So it's interesting how you almost um, got ahead of it from a from a educational and an, and, a, and a mindset perspective is that you've been thinking about that. So when you um, when you got there and and uh, and and work on the the different um, things that you do, how important is the community in that ecosystem? You're talking about environment. You're talking about um, um, you know making things that are ecologically uh, beneficial, but how, how big a piece is the community in there that you just mentioned? Yeah. So, um, sustainability people, one of the, like this, I guess the myth and sustainability is that we tend to think that it's just limited to, you know, the environment and Mm -hmm. saving the earth or climate. Um, but sustainability, has this triple bottom lines where um, there's people, um, there's the planet, and then there's um, people, planet, and profit. Yes, mm. people, planet, profit. <laughs> so um, those should be balanced um, to say something is sustainable. Yeah. So 
so the idea is that businesses or anything that you do in the past has been just about the performance in regards to profit or yeah. financial performance. Yeah. But now, how does it perform in all the other areas, like the social and the environment, the social and the environmental? Yes. So, um, and how do you, you know, those things, um, especially the social part, is more suggest, suggest, subjective. So, it's a, a really it's it's a sweet type part where it's hard to measure and say oh how how am I measuring that the I'm doing the right and I'm implementing you know uh, the the social part of it into the business or into the design. So when you look at the design uh, process, it's mostly making sure that. Um, you have the people or the community that is going to be impacted or are going to be using the project that you, you know, it's a building or community um, development or whatever in the process of the design to get what they feel about it and how they vision it and taking that input from them and putting it into the design. And that kind of saves a lot and um, really involves and creates a bigger impact. Um, and then looking at the business part of it, yeah. um, yeah, the business, yeah, yeah. So the business part of it is more, it has two sides. It has internal and external. So this is more of like, how do you, um, you know, get the internal stakeholders on board with the sustainability, um, I guess, program or initiative that you are going to pl- to implement in the company or organization that you have. Uh, how's the employees uh, benefit going to benefit from this um, initiative and how do you help them uh, you know or give them the tools and the systems to be able to implement what you're you know doing in regards to sustainability so if you are saying oh i have a recyclable trash and you know just you know trash uh, you know separate bins then you have to kind of let everybody know that that it's there and you know that and which ones go where yeah even though you have those you know trash cans people might not end up throwing it in them so that's one of the things that i actually see everywhere now um there are recyclables and trash and compost and whatever but people keep in keep throwing those trashes everywhere so at the end of the day we end up with this um uh, investment that's really not doing anything at the end of the day. It's, everything is going to trash. Yeah, so, you know, it's funny when you say that, um, and sorry to cut you off, maybe you'll come back to that in a second, but I think it's it's funny about that in companies, but in society as well, is like you can fit, you can create a structure that maybe makes a lot of sense that is, uh, you know, good for the planet, good for people, good for, for profitability. But if you don't, if you don't communicate that, and if you don't, you know, sort of socialize that, um, then you got people doing things that are are not necessarily following that um, that lead or that opportunity. So I think that's I love that you mentioned that because companies have to do that. They they have to have an internal education and socialization of initiatives like this. So I think that's a really really important point, and I love it. And I I'm yeah. seeing I'm seeing where you you had said before how you can apply this in different areas of your life because that. 
that yeah. definitely feels like one of those where you can go off in a different part of your life. So um, thank you for, for, for mentioning that, but yeah, like, please, please go on. I, I just wanted to, to jump in there. Yeah. And, um, and then looking at the external and your impact mm-hmm. um, that is um, as a company, that's something that is going to make actually elevate the, the, you know, I would say that repetition of your company, uh, doing more good to the society and the community that's around you and investing in those, you know, community uh, activities that really aligns with your, you know, sustainability initiative. And so by that, you're building up the community and making it stronger and reducing the risks associated with it. And when it comes to climate, obviously, we are at a time where we are seeing everything, like you said, um, the climate with the climate change. So uh, we are in a sense of urgency and it's and it's clear that we need to take some action. Um, so they include those three triple bottom lines and you have to kind of show that to get funding and all of that, especially for small businesses, you have to kind of incorporate that to get those in investments and everything because it's associated with risks, climate risks, social risks, and all of that. Yeah, you're, I'll, I'll cut you off. You're you're playing a little bit of inside baseball, so I just want to just want to notice uh, notice um, notify people who are listening. ESGs from what from what I understand is environmental, uh, um, sorry, environmental, social, and um, uh, governance. governance. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Yeah, so it's just uh, this is this is you getting into the weeds of the of the of the work that you do. Look at you. Yes. Um, no. Yeah. So sorry. So, go on. Yeah. Yeah. So. So now ESGs are like a baseline mm-hmm. and they are kind of still at the like corporate level, practice at the corporate level, because it takes a lot of investment to kind of incorporate that throughout the company. Yeah. But it's I think it's going to be more um, coming to smaller businesses to get funding, especially to get funding and to really function and show that that their business model has those risks risks kind of um baked in yes um included in the uh model in the business yeah. model so yeah so this is this is really it's 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 funny it, this sounds like 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 such exciting work it sounds like such important work but it does also sound like really really challenging work so maybe it's coming back to like i'll i'll, I'll say you can't do it and then you'll <laughs> you'll do it um I, I, you know, the, the interesting thing, and I know you, I, I, I don't want to necessarily um, focus too, too much on, on your um, um, quote unquote, your day job, if you will, or, but I am curious to know that I know you work at, uh, you, you do in this interior design at uh, room and board, um, but you also have um, a bit of a, con- I think a consultancy where you go out and maybe I think do uh, some of this work in terms of talking to companies or what, what is, what is the, what is the work life look like for, for your deed? So I, um, design is also another passion of mine. So I have yeah. to kind of have that on the side. So like I said, interior design, I, I was passionate about it. And that was something that I was interested in, but when I found room and board, was, which gave me the perfect balance of like having that design consultation um, that I want to do. But also I am passionate about sustainability and, mm-hmm. and 
I feel like I have learned a lot within the past three three years. I have learned a lot about it, and I have tried to learn more every day in regards to like the different technologies and uh, approaches that we can use to make a sound decision. So, so I am now trying to offer that service. Um, to smaller companies, mm-hmm. I would say, um, to start startups, uh, which I think uh, would give them more leverage, um, having to come up with that, at the like with the business model and then growing that instead of like adapting it later, which is right, what right. big because corporates you, are. Yeah, doing. if you yeah. do it early, then it becomes part of what you do, right? Like, and it's-, it's Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 So that is kind of what I am passionate about and offering it to those, you know, businesses that are minority owned and black owned and women in other um, BIPOC community owned businesses. Mostly I would love to help them build the sustainability and weave it into their business. And I would also would, I think the other Part of me is like, I love giving back to the community and I love service and I have always loved to do that. And um, and I think we can do a lot more or bring more impact through the services than like the actual you know business part of it. So, um, mm-hmm. and so my company's goal, Good Eats. <laughs> I know I was going to say, you've got to tell people what the name of the company is, which is, yes. which is, um, yeah, which so. is fierce. Here we go. We're back to the name. So it's full circle here. Yes. Uh. <laughs> um, I just recently founded the company. So I'm still in the development um, stage of it. Sure. And um, so the other part of it is that really educating the youth and, um, you know, communities that are underserved and do not always get the, you know, this um, you know, understanding about, you know, how you can make your life healthier and also more good for the earth. And it doesn't have to be a luxury. So, yeah. I, I mean, I, so, love, I love what you're doing, Yodit, because I think it, in, in some of the in some of the spaces that I've 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 seen, it's not even it's not even that um, it's not even part of the dialogue. Do you know what I mean? It's not even part of the conversation. So you going and and having this as a focus um, to underserved communities, especially, is something that's really um, admirable. But it's really about giving back to the community, as you say. That's a reinvestment back. So um, I, I love that. I love that you're doing that. That's that's amazing. Um, yes. Um, so that's, that's my, that's part of what I am planning to do and, and kind of in the move to transitioning more to doing that. Um, and also when I think of things that I want to do and things that I, uh, create right now, I think of long-term, where do I want to take this? And, um, I feel like we need this more back home as well. So, kind of getting the youth and the community back home on board with this and um, really mobilizing for environmental advocacy um, that we need. 
Oh, well, thank you for saying that um, for a couple of reasons. One, because it's it's profound. It shows it shows the the depth of your intelligence and 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 really the way you're looking at it and thinking about the future, which is is truly admirable. Um, but the second thing is that you're it's leading me to uh, my last question. I could keep talking to you for for hours here, but it's leading me to to um, the last question I had for you, which was. The people that I'm I'm encountering who are in the diaspora, um, I'm meeting a lot of people who are actually still quote unquote still home and in their in their in their native or, or lands, but uh, I'm also meeting a lot of people who are in the diaspora, and there's something really interesting about um, the connection to the diaspora, the connection to home. So you've been in Washington for a bit. You've you've obviously gotten um, um, schooling in the in the U.S. as well um, because you just took us through that. But it seems that you also have a lens to Ethiopia. You have a lens to, um, you know, the region, the continent. There's a bit of a Pan-Africanist in you, um, as there is with kind of a lot of people. So, I, you know, this may be a bit of a weighted question, but why do you think that is? Why do you think that people from the diaspora are still so connected to home and that there's, there is this bubbling of, um, of a, like a Pan-African thing that, that, I feel might be coming back. Uh, you know, I know it was there, you know, times of independence and, and all of those things, but it seems like it's coming back, especially with certain people like young people and uh, energized people such as yourself. So what, why do you think that is for you, Odit? Maybe you can't answer it for the whole world, but <laughs> yeah. why do you think that is for you? Um, for me, I have <laughs> one of the things that my friends said when I left Ethiopia, I was like, how are you going to survive? Because they know how like, passionate about like Ethiopia and like Africa in general, like just being there and doing the, you know, the work that we need to do. Um, but life takes us on a journey and we have to, you know, kind of you know, get out of course and come back. Right. Um, so for me, one of the things that I am really grateful for, grateful for is coming here um, is it gave me the perspective that I wouldn't have had if I was home, uh, which would have like been more skewed, um, kind of informed on the news and the you know the movies and everything that you see that is kind of really tailored to you, uh, and so I feel like. That has given us, as a youth um, in Africa, that has given us this, um, you know, not existing reality that the world outside is better and um, and we have to always leave. And I really want to give some kudos to the people that are still there and trying to change, even though they have the options. I know so many people that can leave, but are choosing to stay there. Yep. And so for me, coming here and getting that perspective where the world is actually not that better here, it's just um, better access to things. Um, and, and those opportunities, if you come here and you have the opportunity to learn and um, know and you know, diversify your skills and your outlook towards the world, then it's always it always has to go back to Africa and we have to give back to where we come from. And if we don't do it, 
nobody's going to do it. Nobody's going to stay there to, I don't know who we expect to change Africa for, like, or who is going to change her. So oh, I, I think we are responsible as the people that have the opportunity to really get a better perspective of the world. And which is why we feel it, we feel it differently because we have this different perspective now as a diaspora. I love that. I love that you're deep, dropping so much wisdom. Um, and I think you're absolutely right. Those dynamics are evolving and changing. And um, a few of my guests uh, I've spoken to are actually people who've gone back. And this whole idea of the brain drain is now maybe there's a bit of a brain gain. And there's just this investment in the continent and investment in the future. And so mm -hmm. this is what this show is all about. Um, Yodit, I'm going to take you out on the last question, which is something I've, I've, I'm asking all of my guests, which I should have warned you about, but I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit. I'm taking all of our, our audience through this march of the continent and going to every different country. And what I'm doing is I'm empowering you, my guest, with the, um, uh, with the, uh, the, the, the itinerary. So where do we go to next? For the next episode of 54 Lights, um, where would you, Yodit, where would you like us to travel to for our next, um, our next show, our next episode? Tanzania. Oh, <laughs> I think that's nice. Safe. Okay. <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that Tanzania? Is that where you would like to yes. go? Perfect. Tanzania. <laughs> Just so everybody knows, uh, Yodit did mention at first Rwanda, and Rwanda is already on our trajectory, so we've got that coming up. Um, Morocco was her second and her third, and this is not in order of importance, but this is just places where she would like to go is Tanzania. So, Yodit, thanks to you, we are going to Tanz uh, Tanzania next in our um, in our journey and our march of the map. I want to thank you. I cannot you. wait. Yeah, yeah, neither can I. Um, I want to thank you so much for jumping on the show and for meeting with me this uh, this morning. Uh, thank you for all of your openness to the questions and some of them a little bit personal, um, but I think that they um, they will be important for the audience to hear and to understand. So thank you, Yodit. It has been a privilege. It's my absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you so much.